Hello, everyone. Welcome to your podcast, Sharing Sweat Equity, a business podcast hosted by your El Paso Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and the Minority Women's Enterprise Diversity Center. I am Idali Discareño, your host for the show. I'd like to take care of some housekeeping items. If you're looking for commercial real estate in El Paso, reach out to our friends at Epicenter at 915-532-3456. They have locations all over El Paso. Also, special shout out to our friends over at Sun Carpets for sponsoring our podcast room. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to our session on building cohesive teams during COVID-19. So many businesses are living the new reality of working remotely. And as we know, working remotely has created a whole new set of challenges that are being amplified by the added stress of the pandemic. A crisis like this can either break a team down and widen any cracks in their foundation, or it can result in the emergence of true greatness. As a leader, having the right mindset structure and strategies to enhance communication and build team cohesion will help you ensure the latter is true for you and for your team. Today, we have three outstanding speakers that will be sharing their point of view with us on how they have approached this new dynamic and how it's working in their different businesses. Let me give you a little run through about the session and then I'll, uh, it will be my pleasure to introduce them. Elvira Soto is our project coordinator. I am Terry Reed, the director of the MBDA Business Center operated by the Hispanic Chamber and your moderator for today's session. Just a little bit on the Hispanic Chamber. We're celebrating our 30 year anniversary this year working with local businesses. Thank you El Paso for making us who we are today. The vision of the chamber is to continue to be the core component for the El Paso region in fostering entrepreneurial economic development, where our existing companies are growing and where our entrepreneurs are reaching new horizons and where small minority and women-owned businesses are thriving and outpacing all other markets. Some of the benefits of the Hispanic Chamber include networking. Of course, we're a chamber, so we're going to show you how to do business with each other. Business development is an added and unique feature to our chamber where we have on-site business development specialists that will help connect you with financing and procurement. And also an advocate for you, for your small minority woman or veteran owned business. It is our honor to be an advocate and to speak on your behalf. Our entrepreneurial technical assistants are the departments that will help to guide you in your business growth. And we have three grant funded centers, the Women's Business Border Center, which is a partnership between the Hispanic Chamber and and the arm of our chamber that works with primarily startup businesses. The MBDA Center and our Minority Women's Enterprise Diversity Center, both are funded through the US Department of Commerce operated by the Hispanic Chamber. And we work with businesses that are already in existence to help them to develop and grow. So now it's my pleasure to introduce you to our speakers today. Please be sure to send your questions through the chat, or if you're joining us from Facebook, please ask your questions directly through our Q&A feature. So our first speaker with us today is Yolanda Diaz. She is the founder and president of Mirador Enterprises. She's born and raised here in El Paso and is a 1992 graduate of the University of Texas at El Paso, where she received a Bachelor's of Business Administration degree in accounting. Yoli has over 25 years of executive management experience in the corporate and federal sectors. And her son, Christian, will graduate from UTEP in December with his MBDA, MBA. Yolanda currently serves on several boards, including the El Paso 8A and Government Contractors Association, the YWCA, and the United Way. She is a member of our El Paso Hispanic Chamber, the Association of the United States Army, 
the National Women in Construction, the Professional Aerospace Contractor Association of New Mexico, and the Southwest Minority Supplier Development Council. Mirador is a woman-owned small business and successful SBA 8A graduate based in El Paso, Texas, with offices in Albuquerque, Alamogordo, and Colorado Springs. Mirador provides high-quality facilities management and maintenance services, sustainment, restoration, and modernization, design build, program management, environmental compliance, and environmental management to federal, state, and municipal customers. Yolanda's vision and strategy for continuing to grow the company has been to team with other successful companies. And one of the other successful companies is Julie Loving Scott, who is a realtor yeah. and entrepreneur. As a U.S. Army veteran, wife of a U.S. Army retired disabled veteran, and the mother of four, one of which is serving in the U.S. Army, Julie fully understands how time-consuming and sometimes overwhelming and complex buying and selling homes can be. As a realtor and a military relocation professional, your goals become her goals, along with her ambition to provide you with exceptional, stressless customer service. Julie considers every client her priority and feels that it is essential that everyone involved in the process have a feeling of comfort and unity. Julie guides her clients through the buying or selling transaction safely yeah. and securely and prides herself on honesty, conciseness, and dedication. She is waiting to hear your dreams, needs, and desires and convert them into reality. And then rounding off our panel of experts, Ana Espinosa is president of Access Communications Group. She is responsible for the day-to-day -day operations of her business and facilitates the alignment of leadership and technology teams with multiple program goals, objectives, and metrics. Anna has 23 years of experience in management, operations, procurement, and customer service, over 16 years of manufacturing industry experience, working for Leviton Manufacturing in Mexico and China. She has been a small business owner for the last four years and counting, and is a proud graduate from Universidad Autónoma de Chihuahua with a computer engineering degree. Her licenses and certifications include world-class manufacturing, QMS ISO 9000 internal auditor, Six Sigma Black Belt, Oracle Certification, SharePoint, and ISO Internal Auditing and Supplementals. Thank you, ladies, for joining us today and sharing your experience and your knowledge. So let me start by posing some questions to each of you. I'm going to stop, stop sharing our screen so we can see your beautiful faces. So each of you has a very different type of business. differently during the pandemic, which started in mid-March about seven months ago. I'm going to ask for each of your perspectives, but I'm going to start with Yoli. Yoli, will you tell us a little bit? Gosh, there has been so many changes, you know, that have affected the way we do business today. Uh, some of us, not me, are still working remotely. We've had to um, provide everybody laptops or computers, internet, you know, all the access they need to be able to continue to provide uh, support to our customers. Mm -hmm. Our offices uh, have been restructured. You know, we have to make sure that we're allowing everybody the proper social distancing. Everybody's working at least six feet apart. Uh, we have, you know, masks for everybody. The, the, uh, the dispensers to clean your hands. All the CDC guidelines, you know, we follow very, very closely. Um, for those employees who have pre-existing conditions, we allow them to work from home permanently. Um, you know, when we encourage them because we don't want anybody to take, you know, any, any risk. Um, we even have employees who have small children that are going to school and 
the first few months that the schools were closed, uh, we've allowed them to bring their children to work. We only have two employees, but you know, we created an area, you know, everybody here pretty much has their own office. So we're used to it. We're used to seeing the kids around and you know, everybody's enjoying it. But we are ready for them to go back to school. <laughs> we're doing a lot more conference calls, um, you know, than, than before, you know, where before uh, conferences, it's all webinars now um, and more conference calling, um, texting. I mean, I'm even getting to where, you know, sometimes for sending quick messages, uh, we use text a lot. But email is still our, our strongest communication method. You oh. know, that is how we communicate among our team. Uh, we try to copy everybody so that everybody's aware of, you know, all the big events that are happening in our big projects, especially the, the key staff. Sure. Um, and, you know, video conferencing, we do that every single day. And, uh, you know, those are some of the changes that uh, we're seeing. Thank you, Yoli. Since the pandemic, Absolutely. thank you. Anna, you have a totally different kind of business than Yoli. Why don't you tell us what you have been doing? How have you found yourself working differently? Unmute, we can't hear you. Okay, hello, hello. Thank you, everyone. Good afternoon. Thank you for the invitation, Terry. It's a pleasure, as usual. And uh, like um, Yoli mentioned, even though our, our business is it's a little bit different, the tools still the same. Basically, for, for customers, mainly what we've been using is staying in touch with them through email. So we've been improving our methods of sending better emails, more self-explanatory, and of course the phone calls more time are, are taking longer than, than previously because we're not meeting face-to-face. -face. And of course the, the video teleconferencing that everybody's been using across the board. So basically for VTC or video teleconferencing software, I don't, I don't wanna be announcing any, any type of uh, systems, but what has been very effective for us is the Cisco WebEx. Of course, Zoom, it's one of the ones that we're currently using right now. Skype and Microsoft Teams for sending quick text messages when we used to be talking here face-to-face -face with our co-workers. Now Teams is one of the ones that we can send instant messages and it's been very effective. Uh, we used all of those uh, before the pandemic, but now in most of the cases, those forms are the main forms of communication. Uh, also, we instead of using now the time that we used to spend driving and visiting customers so pretty much everything now is due is via um social media so we we work a lot on our website so we've been doing a lot of improvements to our website to our facebook linkedin in order to have more exposure and communicate better with our customers vendors even and our um, own personnel and due to all those reasons we've been spending a lot of time improving our capability statements because it's, it's now we don't have the opportunity to go and see them in person and tell them all the wonderful things that we've been doing so we have probably just one minute to show them with pictures and with better explanation what our company is doing and the improvements that we've been getting so in this aspect those are the areas that we basically we've been emphasizing in order to to improve our communication Thank you for that. Now, Julie, loving Scott up in the top corner, you are in a very different type of industry, very person-to-person -person type of, of industry. Tell us what you've been doing differently. Just like uh, Yoli and Hannah said, I was um, forced to upgrade my equipment. That was one of the things I needed to do. I upgraded my phone, I upgraded my laptop and my desktop to be able to handle being on uh, the the uh, virtual communications, the um, Zoom, GroupMe, uh, Team, the all of the video sources that we uh, have to use now in order to communicate, and just like uh, they've said before, we have to talk more online. Use before uh, COVID nineteen, I would use video chat only for those clients that were out of town or out of the country. But now this is the new normal. This is my face-to-face -face meeting with uh, a lot of clients. And I like to send them 
a picture in the text of me so they'll know who they're going to be communicating with because with us wearing masks even though i may meet them to physically show them a home you have the mask on so you want them to know who they're going to be meeting with the other thing like anna said the emails are very detailed now instead of one or two points i'll explain it to you when we see each other the text messages are more detailed mm -hmm. and i want to say one of the first things i did when the stay-at-home order was in place around the united states one of the things i was trying to do is make sure that i sent a uh, video by text or email to all of my clients not to ask them for business, but just to say, hello, how are you? To let them know that you were not just a commission check to me, you were not a number to me, you are a person and you are important and your health and your family's health and well-being is important to me because I am truly concerned about anybody that I know of and that's in my space. I wanna know that you're doing good and you're okay. Absolutely. And also, like I said, more so now than ever with uh, especially dealing with our military transferring and receiving orders to come to Fort Bliss, it has been vitally important to make sure that I have a great uh, cell phone provider, a great internet provider to be able to uh, video chat with them to show them homes. This year, we had a lot of clients that purchased homes sight unseen other than video and the 3D tour is extremely important. So quality, like Anna said, quality videos, it's causing us to upgrade our uh, uh, presence on social media and our websites. Are, uh, I'm improving my website to be able to give the clients that reassurance that their safety is of most importance because you still have people nervous about meeting face to face. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And I can honestly attest to the fact that all three of you are very active on LinkedIn. I see a lot of your posts and I feel like that's such an effective way for people to get to know you and, and understand what you do and what your business is. So my next question is, what new methods, if any, have you used to stay in touch with your clients or your employees? I know you touched on the Zooms and the WebExes and those different type of things, but if you do have people uh, that work for you that are not um, at your office, how are you communicating with them? How are you staying in touch? And for Julie, that's gonna be, how are you staying in touch with your clients? So let's start again with Yoli and um, have you take that question. And this is for, for, you know, with our employees. Well, we communicate by phone daily. We have weekly operations meetings. We have weekly accounting meetings. Um, in some cases, we have daily meetings. And this is, you know, in our construction side of the business, our project managers uh, regularly communicate with our superintendents and anybody who's supporting our customers, you know, gathers all the necessary information we, we need to provide to our customers and keep them updated on, you know, progress because customers are being challenged just like we are, you know, they're also having to work from home. They're also having to learn to use all this new technology. I know for, for me personally, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really challenged by technology, you know, on a daily basis, uh, you know, but we're very fortunate that, that most of our team has really embraced all, all, you know, the new Microsoft Teams and, you know, Zoom and, you know, all that televideo conferencing. They, they really, really like it. Um, you know, with our training for any training, I'm one who's always been very big on training for, our, you know, training our employees and, and continuing to develop myself. I still try to attend all the webinars, you know, conferences are still offering training, mm -hmm. you know, um, agencies like, like the Hispanic Chamber, you all always provide really great training for business owners. And so, you know, I make sure that, that we send, um, you know, the employees, depending on the topic that you're training, but so we're still out there, you know, just trying to take advantage of all the technology that's out there, all the training, because we can't do the face-to-face -face with our customers. Uh, one other way that I try to interact with our customers in, in, in some projects, they allow face-to-face pre-construction meetings. Right. I try to go, even if it's out of town, I'll travel to go out there and try to get in front of our customer. Since most of the contracting officers are working remotely, at least I can get in front of the project managers, a program manager, so that we can continue to, you know, market them and 
you know, get to know them and, you know, try to, to always um, be working our customers for future business. Sure. No, absolutely. Anna, how would you address that? Um, you mentioned as well, you have workers that are out in the field and I'm sure it's tough to wrangle them all and make sure you at some point touch base with them. Unmute your line, please, so we can hear you. Unmuted. And um, yes, you're absolutely right. We we were luckily considered essential business, so our business hasn't been as bad as affected as uh, some others. So we're lucky on that aspect, but also we, we're very conscious that we got to be very, very careful on, on what we're doing and how we're doing it, following all the regulations, doing simple posts, and not only on, on the computer or email, but also posts here at the office where we got to check our temperature every time we go, we come in. And, and then um, some of our customers, like Yoli mentioned, still allowing us to go and visit. So we got to be very careful and following all the, the regulations and make them feel comfortable keeping our, our distance, our masks, and also setting up the, the appointments in a way that we are on site at a specific time frame that they're giving us. Not more, not less, because they sometimes they're only attending the, the school districts, for instance, they're only going just to see us to release the job or just to do the construction meeting, like you only mentioned. So some of the aspects that we gotta be very, very careful. Um, also, um, we are developing, cause it's not fully completed, but having metrics and goals. Mm -hmm. So now our, our goals and our metrics also include that the way we communicate and the way we, we have the time frames on how do we do the clock in, the clock out, how do we record um, all the advance and the progress that we have on a daily daily uh, activities so that's been new to us and it's been working pretty good um, lastly we also been developing a lot of and this has been helping us a lot as a company because we've been developing a lot of processes now that we're not here to run and talk to each other on how we're going to do the next activity we have to develop some kind of cheat sheets or work instructions where we show them step by step what they need to do so if the next day of the next week they got to follow the same process and they forgot already and then the co-worker is not sitting next to them they can just go through the server and grab any of those uh, documents that are simple and to the point click this button go here go there and then you'll be able to do the connection and still sometimes we still have issues like the one i was having this morning in another meeting with with you ladies. so that's that's basically the way we've been improving and communicating still communicating with those customers and vendors we have a lot of communication with our vendors and basically phone phone system and better way better um understanding on how we want the things where do we want them to be delivered what time so it's a lot of details but that's what we're doing Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to turn it. Okay. I'm going to ask the same question to Julie, but before I do that, we did get a comment from one of the attendees saying, I recently went through the process of purchasing a home at the beginning of the pandemic and actually liked how only one family per hour were allowed to actually go view the home. So putting that into perspective, Tell us um, about you, Julie, and your business. Okay, so you asked us about how we were uh, staying in touch. And like I previously said, you know, upgraded the, the phone, upgraded the computer systems. And also we upgraded, well, started adding apps that were able to work both with Android, Mac, um, and um, iPhone products because you couldn't just have one some things so additional apps like for instance I had to do duo and whatsapp to be able to communicate with clients that had iPhones because I have uh, Android and HP products and um, like this person uh, Raina was saying that going we had to become more mindful of the traffic because there's so much that's unknown about this virus we have to do everything that we can as realtors so one of the things i did i actually have a um my go-to 
uh, goodie package in my vehicle. It has gloves. It has masks. I, so if my clients, if I ask them, do you have gloves? If you have masks, because some sellers and buyers, they want to have on gloves. And sometimes you forget those things. So I have gloves in different sizes. And thank you, um, Hispanic Chamber, for giving me additional gloves and hand liquid hand sanitizer. But I keep those things with me. And also, um, our broker was kind enough to digitalize our seller and buyer presentation packages. Um, what we would normally sit knee to knee with the client with and go through one page at a time. We're able to email this to them and discuss it. And like um, everyone is saying, when we're using these meeting digital meeting platforms, we're able to share it on our screen uh, because our IT team is trying to make sure we make it as easy as possible and um, as little contact as possible. Absolutely. I loved what you said earlier, too, about calling your people personally and reaching out to them and finding out how your customers and your clients are doing. I know it can be difficult here with the chamber. We have almost 1,400 members or a little over but we have a big staff, right? So all of our staff did try calling everybody. We emailed, trying to keep everybody in the loop and really finding out how they're doing. It's very important. I think it makes such a big difference. Um, let me go on to our next question really quickly and ask what has been the biggest challenge, Yori, in keeping your team working effectively? And um, how did you overcome that challenge? What has been one of your biggest challenges and how did you overcome that? You know, for Mirador and for our employees, um, losing someone to COVID was the biggest challenge that, that we've experienced. Um, we lost one of our safety managers, actually our senior safety manager, Eddie Gonzalez, great employee and this was early on, you know, when the pandemic just started. And so it was very scary for most of our employees to go out, you know, feeling comfortable going out to that job site. So we really had to go over and beyond to find ways to make them feel safe and make sure, you know, we made sure they had all the safety, the masks, the gloves at the time, you know, they required gloves, uh, the social distancing. We had to expedite our, our safety plans and you know because especially here in El Paso because it happened here um, everybody was just fearful we, we didn't really understand you know that hey, you, you don't you know how, how you caught COVID right. or not so so that was one of our biggest challenges for sure uh, we overcame that you know uh, thank God everybody's back you know we're essential you know we considered we were always considered essential so we've always had to be out in the front lines uh, you know building uh, remodeling buildings, uh, you know, providing uh, uh, environmental services and, you know, janitorial services. You know, Mirador does a little bit of everything, but right. they all require a lot of exposure to people. So they're close to people. They're close to our customers. And so, you know, we had to go out there and, and uh, present our, our COVID-19 safety plans to our customers. Some of the challenges really were every customer has their own plan. So mm -hmm. we had to customize the CDC plan, including extra measures that, you know, we implemented and combined it with the customer. And, you know, we have many customers, so we have about 25 different plans, you know, sure. that, that we've had to create. And so that, that was a challenge, okay, that we would propose a plan to, you know, a new customer and, you know, they'd come back and say, no, 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 you need to use mine. And also depending on the state, you know, the rules are a little different in El Paso versus New Mexico versus Colorado. But um, I think those are some of the biggest challenges, you know, yeah, especially losing Eddie. Yes. Well, and then at the beginning of the pandemic, I don't think there was a standard plan in place. Right? Right. Everybody had to very quickly react, create plans. Yes. The very best that we could with the information that was available to us out there, right? And I'm going to ask you that very same question. What has been uh, one of your challenges in making sure that your team works effectively and how were you able to overcome that? More than working effectively, Carrie, I'd like to touch bases on, on the fear and the uncertainty because mm -hmm. that was a huge impact and men on everybody still, still is a, a huge deal right now. 
we have employees who are very careful and conscious about it and you still see some of us not being careful enough and, and taking all the precautions because we run and we want to just do the same the same routine that we were doing before so we gotta keep reminding everybody please be careful please remember so that's probably one of the challenges that is on the human side now on the goals oriented on on the work proficiency and efficiency i would say the distraction that sometimes we'll have working from home is difficult so it is and it's something that some from time to time needs to be addressed and like i said some of the softwares that we've been using have given us the ability to keep track of the times who's in who's out and of course the video so that's that's something that we've been using from time to time we have our core value meetings with everybody where even though, I mean, there's no way we can keep track of what everybody's doing through the video because we have already something else to do on our own, just being watching what somebody else has been doing. So that's probably one of one of the challenges on, on the work side that it's been difficult, but the way we've been addressing it is just to touching bases over and over and our core values that include to be loyalty to be responsible to be safe the quality of work so that's that's basically what we've been doing thank you Anna. and then julie because your industry is so so people oriented what have been some of your challenges apart from you know pivoting and having to utilize technology well how would you respond to that well, what I've been doing, believe it or not, when, I, when I'm able to see my clients, um, one of the things that initially when we were able to uh, start seeing people more often through video and in person, one of the things to live, um, uh, to, to make my clients smile, I would uh, ask them, you know, since we can't hug, because I'm a hugger, I'm from Southwest Georgia, and you hug strangers, family members, everybody gets a hug. So I started adapting the air hug and the, you know, Wakanda for life uh, <laughs> gesture. And, uh, but email, text, and updates. One thing, because when the pandemic started, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but here in El Paso, from my understanding, this is the first time in a long, long time that there has been a resale housing shortage. So we stay under or right at a thousand resale homes. So what I've been doing to uh, communicate and keep in touch with my clients is uh, constantly sending out emails and updates about the housing market because you still have people on the fence on whether or not to put the home on the market, whether or not to uh, purchase a home. And you don't wanna call them every day, text them every day. So once, uh, however often they agree to, once a month, once a week, once every two weeks, they get that update to let them know, hey, I'm still here. Mm -hmm. And this is what's going on with the market to help you make a decision that's good for you. And even just being more available. I, I usually like to turn my phone off prior to eight o'clock, but sometimes you, I'm not able to do that. And I'm okay with that, especially for my clients that are out of town and out of the country. They may need to talk to me at 11 o'clock at night because they just woke up in the morning. And so yeah. I've been making myself uh, more available to communicate with them at their convenience. I have to keep in mind, uh, like Anna and Yoli have already said, I homeschooled my children intentionally for three years. A lot of these parents are being thrust into this new method of uh, schooling their children and um, I have to be flexible with my availability because they can't talk to me during normal business hours right. like they would. They can't enter my email at normal business hours like we did um, pre-pandemic. So, or like one of my friends said, BC before COVID. <laughs> um, so that, that being flexible is a, a way that I have uh, been striving to stay in touch and also the CDC alerts and updates from the health department here locally. When I get those, if it affects my client in any way, 
I will text that to them and make sure, hey, this update just came out. You might not be aware of it. Again, because a lot of my clients have children at home and you got college students and elementary students in the same household. So that uh, being flexible and being more available longer and earlier. Oh, absolutely. I agree. Thank you, Julie. I think some of the things that we have to think about as well and keep at the top of mind are mental health resources because people are frightened. People have a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of fear of the unknown and you know what's to come. I think we have to really stay in touch with what's available out there and make sure our friends, our family, our coworkers, our employees know what's available. And additionally for businesses, I know that there's a huge push out there right now. There's a lot of CARES Act money that's available to businesses right here in El Paso through some of our partners like Lift Fund and People Fund and Project Viva. And they're not able to get that money out the way that they would like to because of unease, uncertainty. People are not sure that this is for real, like what's the catch, right, if it's a grant. But believe me, there are a lot of resources that are available. So I think it's it falls to us to make sure that our network knows what's available out there. So switching gears just a little bit, what do you do to help keep your team's morale high during this health crisis? And that could be not just your employees or your clients, but your family. We all have families as well. What are you guys or you ladies doing to help keep their morale high. Yoli, I'll ask you to start. Uh, just being being more understanding, more flexible, you know, with schedules. Uh, one day they come to work and the next day they can't because their kids were sent home. You know, everything's last minute. So, you know, just all of us being flexible and understanding and compassionate. You know, that's one of the things is, the business isn't the only one that's suffering. Each and every single employee and their families and our customers are all feeling this pain, you know, almost equally. This, this virus, you know, affected all of us. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, just um, trying to be, to put, put ourselves in our customers' shoes, you know, and trying to understand that they still have a deadline to meet they're still expecting us to meet that deadline you know and even though we have all these obstacles that are preventing us you know we're trying to work even harder to compress our schedules and give them a reassurance that we're going to get the job done that they can definitely you know depend on us because they're under the gun as well okay they have a user that's waiting for their building to be remodeled or built and so they're feeling as much stress. So, you know, I try to be very compassionate, not only of our employees, but our customers and my family as well. You know, um, I know that this is terrible, but they say you shouldn't go see your, your parents. I haven't stopped seeing my mom, but we're very cautious when we go visit her. Um, you know, it's usually one or two family members at a time. I'm one who loves celebrating. And so I don't, celebrate and i don't bring all the family over to my home instead you know i'll bring maybe one or two family members uh, so life has changed a lot yeah. but you know we're still very fortunate that you know no, we're all we're all still here and uh, yeah that's what we've done thank you yes, thank you Anna, thank you i'll let i'll ask you the exact same thing what are you doing to keep your yeah. teams more alive whether it's your work team or your home team <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I do believe, I'm still pondering. I've, I've been going through those questions and for some reason, I, I do believe everybody in general is more patient, more compassionate. And our, our team, believe it or not, I, I think is, is closer than ever before, which is, is something great. So it, patience between um, not only ourselves as a, uh, co-workers but also being more patient with our customers when they're changing the orders when they're changing the the time frames and the needs so in, in general that's that's something we've been facing and to keep up the morale and on the personal side it's we spend more time together 
I guess we cook more time. Uh, we instead of going and, and grabbing to go, now it's it's more of those those things that we probably forgot about it. And now we're going back to the essentials, to the basics. It's, in, it's the same here. We still continue to celebrate. It's just that the celebration is is different, but we still continue to send those notes. We have one uh, team member who got the COVID, and everybody was pretty much on top of it asking how was he doing being conscious about his family sending notes and little presents of at least just to let them know that we're here for them and that we care um on on the productivity side like i mentioned i, I would say the metrics if you don't measure you don't control it so the metrics has been something little by little that is helping us to see the the trends and the efficiency on the different activities that we've been doing even with communication so it's it's working good so far good julie what are you um what are you doing with your family or your clients and yourself how do you balance it and and keep your own morale Charlie? uh for for my clients like i said just you know when i get an opportunity you know i let them know i would normally hug you and squeeze you uh but say i've been doing a lot of virtual sending virtual hugs you know how you can be standing right next we talked about the teenagers and the young adults in the same room with each other texting each other and so i i found that you know that lightens the atmosphere when you are with the client and you send them a virtual hug or you send them a virtual high five even um uh, industry providers for instance if me and one of the um, contractors, we worked something out, we did operation, figure it out to be able to do something safely and in a way where the client would feel safe and comfortable allowing them to um, repair something, you know, send that virtual high five. And then of course, with my family, I have four sons right now. Uh, one of them is stationed outside of El Paso, but the three that are here, um, the silly, silly videos, um, you know to let them you know just let them get that stress off uh for myself i i laughter is the best medicine for me um i i just i um so i i entertain myself with laughter uh i that's my therapy at the end of the day it's nothing to do with work it's the, English bakery and I must give a huge shout out to my uh, broker uh, Carla Rios she did not um, and the umbrella of Cobble Banker they did not allow COVID to stop us from having our gym blue party they did a virtual office party and that has um, even my family we did a virtual family reunion the all uh, the children the cousins got to see each other it's just three in my family it's myself and my two brothers so our children and and just for myself my family sunday family dinner that is very important to us i mean it was important before but now is is the check-in like you said terry to really give us an opportunity to check our son's mental health because my children are social butterflies. So to be locked up and confined and restricted, I know that's taken a toll on them, especially our son that has ADHD, you know, uh, you know, for years that was discounted as, oh, that's not a situation. Yes, it is the real situation and being restricted. So we try to make sure we, we do family dinner on Sundays as much as possible and allow them to, you know, get that out. And then, you know, we laugh to really lighten the atmosphere. So yes, a lot of memes and high fives. Absolutely. And I think it, they are going to look at us, uh, our family members, our clients and our employees as well, and take their, take their, their, their response from us. And if we are afraid or we act afraid and we don't bring them that little bit of faith and hope, um, I think they could get very down very quickly. I've seen it and I think it's yes. such an important job that we do when we are mentoring people that we work with and our families as well. Things are so different. I see that we do have some questions coming in from our Q&A, so from our either attendees or our Facebook audience. But before we go to those questions, I just wanted to 
let each one of you share some of your closing thoughts with us about our topic. And, you know, how do you believe that perhaps the workplace of tomorrow will look? How do you believe that we are going to be post-COVID? And if you'll just wrap it up for us, I'll start again with Yoli, and then we'll take some questions. Okay. Well, I'm very optimistic about the future. I really think that things are going to normalize and all this will be behind us. But I also feel that it's going to take, you know, at least a good year, you know, before we are. So we need to continue to follow all these practices and safety measures that we've implemented and protect our employees and protect our customers. Uh, we've also made a lot of investment. So, you know, we have to take advantage of that. Um, I don't know when we're going to have a, a cure for this, but I pray every day that, you know, it will be soon so that we can go out and about and employees, you know, can start doing their jobs, uh, you, know, it, you know, not struggling so much that uh, we can all go back to normal conversing like we did, celebrating like we did, uh, going back to celebrating birthday parties here at work. We don't, we don't do any of that anymore. Yeah. Um, but again, I am very optimistic about the future. Absolutely. I think we have to be. We know we're going to get our arms around it. it it's taken longer than we would have liked, for sure. But yes. I think we all wait for the day that we can let go of a little bit of that fear, right? And be a definite. Anna, what are you doing well, your thoughts? Absolutely. I think that the definitely the use of technology uh, to communicate will be more prolific than ever before. I mean, we've been seeing this trend every day, but I guess we're going to go into more and more different ways of communicating via technology. Yeah. Um, and also, I feel that some changes, some things will change due to our current situation, and it's just going to cause us to rethink the way we're doing business. It's, it's not going to be the same as usual. And with regards to COVID, I, I think it has brought a great deal of uncertainty to all of our lives. This will definitely will affect us forever. I don't think that any of us will be really the same after the changes and the instability that we've been going through. But as of right now, no one knows what the future will look like. But other than being optimistic and thinking that we're going to make it through, we're going to go over those different challenges and, and see the light, that's, that's all we can that COVID has um, brought or enhanced or accelerated may continue to be in play in the workforce. You know what I mean? For the workforce tomorrow, work offices are going to be going to have people right on top of each other anymore. I believe that we, we just can't afford for that to happen. And like Yoli said, some of her positions, she's allowed to work from home and it has worked it's been effective we had a speaker from nasa just a couple of weeks ago and she said that the majority of their staff is working from home and they have no problem making those permanent work from home decisions so the workforce will change and how it looks um julie what do you think what are you looking what do you see toward the future because of the industry that I'm in, I know that realtors are going to be excited to be able to shake hands again because we are people oriented. Um, this is a people industry. We serve people directly. Um, so I'm sure everybody's going to be excited to be able to actually hug, shake hands. But I believe that the unity that we've seen, it's going to, I believe it's going to carry over and make the industry uh, all businesses even better because COVID has allowed us to step back and really see what's important. And what's important is people. What's important is relationship. No longer is a person just a customer. No longer is a person just a number or a check. But that relationship, that human relationship, I believe that's going to continue to be very important. I believe that we're going to be able to continue to work together, like build on this work together platform to make it, um, makes transactions smoother 
for all parties involved, especially the clients and the customers. And um, like Anna said, we're going to see technology, what we thought was going to happen in 20 years, in 10 years, we're going to start seeing it happen in one, two, and three years because of the, the need. COVID revealed a need, and we understand that sometimes it takes a crisis to cause us to be very creative. So the creativity that's coming out of it, I mean, how many of you all knew that somebody could really put a mask that actually has your lips on it so people can know I'm smiling under here. <laughs> so it, uh, there's a lot of good things that are coming out of it and I think it's gonna continue on and we have something to build on uh, to make us better as a company and to enhance us and make us better as a community and a country. I agree, I agree. Thank you, ladies. So let's see some of our questions. This uh, attendee says, as a tech company, has the pandemic actually helped either any of your businesses grow? While I think COVID has affected many businesses negatively, others were actually pushed to grow because of it. And I would say, Yoli, you wanna take a stab at that one? Yeah, I, I, yes, you know, I, we have definitely seen growth you know, during this crisis, you know, it's like they say, out of every crisis, there's and there's opportunities. Yes, you know, it has forced us to get more aggressive and more creative and, you know, go over and beyond for our customers. Not that we always, you know, have it, but, you know, it, it's, they need help right now, okay? Just like us, they are struggling also to find ways to award, you know, their, their work. So, you know, we... We're in constant communication, offering our services. And, uh, you know, we've been able to win contracts, um, you know, pretty significant size contracts during the toughest time I've ever seen yeah. in my life. And I, and I attribute it to all the technology, truly, you know, the Microsoft Teams, the fact that we can still interact, that we can share data, documents, um, you know, just like we are today, you know, right now. We're not... You know, we are face to face almost, you know, we just aren't, you know, in the, in the same place. Absolutely. But yeah, technology, we have to embrace it. It's our future. And I'm one who really needs to embrace it because I struggle with it <laughs> on a daily basis. <laughs> well, it looks like it's going to be here to stay. So yes. we'll all have to embrace it, right? I need my own IT private person. <laughs> Anna, helper. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> You've been there for me all the time, so I'll be there, Johnny. How about you, Anna? How has it been for your industry? Have you seen a consistency in your orders? Has it slowed down? Has it gotten higher? Because I do believe what our what our attendee mentioned, a lot of businesses have been in the right lane, right? They've been in that lane yes. that infrastructure has not stopped growing, orders have not stopped, building has not stopped. So Tell us what, about your, your personal experience. At, at the very beginning, it was a little bit difficult because pretty much everything kind of went down and nothing was happening. And then as we were moving forward and we were considered essential, we've been blessed. So we were, I mean, the staff was pretty much working either remotely or some of them working on, on the job site. We saw some delays on the contracts where in the past you could see some contracts coming up at the beginning of September, middle September. Now what we experienced was the last week was crazy. We were working midnight and remotely and doing everything possible to be able to provide to our customers, mostly the federal government. But um, in general, uh, we landed pretty much good contracts and we're ready to start traveling of course following all the regulations sure. it's been sure. difficult we needed to adjust we needed to be very careful on the ways we were uh, providing our, our proposals because now we we just not only got to think about the incidentals so what can grow different what can what can change but also what the new regulations could what is new on COVID? What's gonna change our, our way of living, our way of traveling, our way of deploying people, and not only that, but also the equipment, materials. So it's it's been a challenge, but we're working on it. 
Good. Julie, what about the housing, um, the market out there? At the very beginning, I had heard that it was, a, it was, I don't believe that housing has gone down or that purchasing homes has stopped. Tell us in your perspective. So initially when we had the stay at home order and before we were able to be declared essential personnel, during that time, again, I, I, I've been blessed with the awesome broker that encouraged us, hey, wait a minute, this is that uh, time that you've been praying and asking God for, if I get a break, I'll, I'll continue my education, I'll learn some more. So we were encouraged during that time to continue our education and um, those of us that took advantage of the time, we were able to realign our businesses. I mean, I found out, I found a Terry in the uh, SBA, I found the Hispanic Chamber because that time actually gave me the time to think. And because of that realignment, because of the continuing education, it has actually empowered me to better serve my clients and customers. And um, with the continuing education, that the, the uh, industry as a whole has been giving us additional tools to be able to keep up with the technological changes, to keep up with being able to do the things that'll keep our clients um, at ease and keep them calm. And Terry, you said something a while back, we were strongly encouraged to have a self-care plan in place too, because a lot of people don't know this, but some realtors are really 24-7 people, as in they will respond to a text message or a home showing request at one o'clock in the morning and let you know, hey, I'll get you scheduled. But we were encouraged, hey, this is the time to start um, setting uh, some things in order to where you can ensure that you get proper sleep, seven right. to eight hours of sleep, so you won't be in a fog. It is, And then um, also uh, another thing, that we that um, I did was I had to really limit my um, news intake because I didn't realize that my blood pressure, my blood pressure was going up, and I don't like to can you know have um, uh, for lack of a better better phrase a negative vibe uh, mm -hmm. permeating for me because I'm stressed or because I'm sleep deprived. So when I started doing better self-care during this time. And I've actually, this has been one of my most successful years. And no, Terry, the housing market in El Paso, I've seen some other people say it, but uh, the housing market in El Paso is right now a great time for sellers, for sure, for sure. And buyers, there are a lot of incentives out here for buyers. So um, I would say, the El Paso market is just right to purchase and sell a home in. Fantastic. Thank you so much. I don't see uh, any more questions coming in from the Facebook or from our participants. And we're coming to the close of our time. But I really want to thank our panelists, Yolanda Diaz with Mirador, Ana Espinosa, Access Communications Group, and Julie Loving Scott, our realtor, and and an entrepreneur. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your expertise, your perspective. This webinar series is being conducted through our Small Street Main Street program with a grant that we received from the city of El Paso. If your business has been negatively affected by COVID like so many others, please don't hesitate to call the chamber at 566-4066 to find out what kind of resources are available to you. Believe me, our city, our cup overfloweth with resources that are available to you personally, to your employees, and to your businesses. We're gonna to continue to do these COVID-related workshops through December, and the Chamber is also distributing business survival kits to eligible businesses that contain gloves, masks, hand sanitizer, thermometers, floor spacing markers, signage, and then templates of contact tracing forms and other things that you need to open or operate safely. Please do give us a call and let's think about it. And like all of our speakers said, 
now is the time to do some critical thinking about your business where you may not have had time before to think about small business certifications, your marketing material. You know, what do I, what does my brand look like? How am I perceived on social media? This is the time right now to be positioning your business. Really think about what it is. Why did you start it? And are you still fulfilling that same need? Challenge yourself a little bit to make sure that that need is still there. And really, truth be told, we should have been asking ourselves that question a long time ago. And like um, Julie Loving Scott mentioned earlier, it is about relationships as well. Call, make sure that you have a banker, that you are in touch with your CPA or your accountant, and definitely stay in touch with your chamber. We are a wealth of information and resources. We've pulled it all together for you to help you sort it out. So definitely call us. Let's make sure we're in that lane so that these opportunities, when they open up and become available to us, that we're right there ready. And with that, I'll thank everybody once again. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for being with us and sharing all your knowledge. And to our audience, thank you for being with us as well. Have a great afternoon, everybody. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Terry. Thank you.